0: Hallelujah, glory to God, (laughs) hallelujah, are you there Ephesians chapter 3, amen, let's start with uh, verse 8, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all, those of you who have the King James there, will you notice how they have a little italics there where it says men? Really, that word shouldn't be there. Because what he's talking about is much greater than just humanity all he's talking about is everything that has to do with anything that Jesus Christ by the will of the Father has ever made. Seen or unseen. Principalities, powers, rulers, dominions, everything. So let's keep going. <laughs> so he, to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Which from the beginning of the world has been hidden in God, or hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ's Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your presence, O oh Lord. Father, I ask for your strength tonight to minister your word according to your heart. We ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be upon each and every one of us and upon those that are also listening by way of the internet around the world. We glorify thee, Lord, and ask that you would lift us now into the realm of understanding. Holy Spirit, come, guide us, teach us, lead us into all truth, show us things to come, make us to know what Jesus is all about. We love you with all our heart. We give you praise and thanks in all God's people said, Amen and amen. The Apostle Paul was a lot like Moses in the sense that Moses went, to Mount Sinai, and there spoke with God. And the Bible tells us that even the Apostle Paul, uh, he would be driven by the Spirit. You can read it in the book of Galatians. For 13 years, he would separate himself and literally go to where the Apostle Paul went, Mount Sinai. He went to the Arabian Desert. He says it. So the parallels are interesting, because Moses would go up to the mountain to bring a revelation to the children of Israel. Paul would go up to the same mountain to be taught of the Holy Spirit to bring a revelation to us, the Gentile world. Are you with me? Are you with me? <laughs> you're, I guess you're thinking. Okay. So listen, he talks here and says that he was, in verse 8, he says, he's the least of all saints, but a grace was given to him that he should preach among the Gentiles, The unsearchable riches of Christ, verse 9, to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which is hidden in God. So by the Holy Spirit tonight, I want to explore a a few things there. He's talking about a fellowship, a coming together around a common understanding or a common truth. And he says this particular kind of fellowship was a mystery. It was something that hasn't been understood really by people uh, since the days of Adam till now. I suppose that what most people want to know is if they even get to this kind of level. Because Paul is talking about things that are so far, he called it the unsearchable riches. Many times we go through life and we go through this world and and, and we, you know, we get so encumbered by so many things in this world that the enemy uses the flow of the world to deaden our minds and to cause the door of the heart of our spirit to be shut to the wooing of the spirit of God who desires to reveal to us mysteries that are hidden in God. Now, Paul says something so striking here. He says that these were hidden, verse 9, which were hidden from the beginning of the world. And literally those words in there, and you can look them up on your own time, but it is a mystery. So what he's trying to convey is that the Creator, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, from the beginning of dimensional time and space, from the beginning way back even to eternity, from that point, when God began to do something, it was, it was to bring something to pass, but yet it was hidden what he was doing. Job said when God created the universe that we now see, that the angels of God stood back and sang when he flung the universe into existence. And yet even from them was hidden what God was actually doing. It's a mystery, Paul says, but he says it's a fellowship at the same time. The fellowship he's talking about is that the Jew and the Gentile, you and me and the Jewish nation itself, would come around one common understanding as the Spirit of God would unfold it. And it is there that we will have fellowship. It is there that we will interact. But we must see that it is a mystery. It was hidden. Only now it is being revealed. Now, there's several things that we need to look at, and I'm going to hurry tonight. Look at, go back to Exodus. Now, let's look at Exodus chapter 19, because we'll see how the two come together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, listen, are you there? Moses goes up to the mountain in verse 3. Look, and Moses went up unto God, and, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel listen you have seen what i did unto the egyptians and how i bore you on eagles wings and brought you unto myself now therefore if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto uh, uh, unto me above all the people For the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Now, the first thing he tells Moses, because he's getting ready, as you read your Bible, you'll see that up until this time, God had never revealed himself to the extent that he was about to reveal himself to Israel. Oh, he had revealed himself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He had revealed himself to Adam and Eve in the garden. He'd revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush. But now something extraordinary was about to happen. He delivered, as we talked about last night, the children of Israel out of Egypt. But now he brings them to the mountain of God, to Mount Sinai. And he's literally about to break into the atmosphere of the natural, of the universe. And he's going to reveal himself to the nation, to the people. A people who were no people. A people like we talked about last night that were just slaves, had no hope in this world. As a matter of fact, that's what Paul meant when he said, We used to be strangers from the covenants and the promises of God without hope in the world. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have no hope. There is no hope. Well, what do you mean, Brother Marty? Well, you're born to die, and your fate, I hate to talk about it, is is not one that's very pleasant. Why is that? Because God has revealed himself to us by his son, and he's made a way for us not to go through an eternal separation from his magnificence, from his glory. So God comes to Israel, and he tells Moses to tell them something very specific. He says, number one, he says, I want you to tell them in verse For, he says, you have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. Now remember, when God saved us, it was not just so that we could go, okay, I'm saved now and go on with the rest of my life until Jesus comes. Because what he's saying here is I'm about to reveal to this people what it is that I have brought them unto myself for." But it must be in an order of process in order to come into the fullness of what he's designed for you and me to be. Now, when he says here, the first thing you have to tell him is, look what I did to the Egyptians. What does this represent, Brother Marty? This represents when you get saved. We all were in Egypt, so to speak. We were in the world. Now, before he can even reveal to us that we're to be a kingdom of priests... And a holy nation unto God, a peculiar treasure above all the people of the world. My God. See, you, we, we don't even know who we really are yet. <laughs> one day, as much, as much as we pray, as much as we seek God, as much as we read the word, one day we're going to be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. That's what it says. And suddenly, I, who, is the, who was it, Hannah? Hannah told me, I want you to sing that song, Brother Marty. Yeah. Oh, when the saints go marching in, when the saints go marching in, oh, how I want to be in that number, when the saints go marching in. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to be in that company. Now, if you have the blood of Jesus applied to your life, And you have asked him to forgive you. You have repented of your sins. Your name is recorded in heaven. See? Now, he says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. Understand this. We talked about it last night. The demonic power that was flowing in Egypt at the time was so great. And what it represents to us is how Satan had us bound in this world. Understand that before you got saved, you were not an independent contractor. See, there's only two classes of people in this world. You either belong to God or you don't. (laughs) I either belong to him or I don't. So the Bible says you're either a child of the light or you're a child of darkness. And if you are a child of darkness, then you are controlled, if you will, by demonic entities that have blinded your mind and kept you from the freedom and the glory of becoming a child of the living God. And so he says that they might understand, you have seen what I did in Egypt. What he's trying to say is, if you'll think about it, You were so wrapped up in the things of this life, so bound by so many things. Not all of us have this testimony, but many of us do. A lot of things were burdening you. Maybe you were addicted to something. Maybe you were just under a huge depression. Whatever it may be, you were separated from God. But one glorious day, by the power of his spirit, for some reason, somehow it was that day that he came to you. And like in Egypt, he threw off the demonic powers from off your life and set you free. You can't even describe it. You really don't, you can't write a book about it. All you know is I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. (laughs) You've seen what I did to them. How many times I got thrown in jail when I was a kid? Seriously. Many times I get in trouble and I found myself in there again. Oh, man. You know, (laughs) All right, we won't go there. But I've seen what he did to me and how hard it was to get me out of there. And I don't mean just the jail, but out of the kind of life that would lead me to jail. I mean, it was so weird because I didn't even know I was being driven by a demonic spirit or or demonic presence in my life that was uh, pushing me further and further away from God. And then I'd get in jail and I'd sit there and go, why did they put me here? I mean, it's just really weird. It's almost like, I'm a nice guy. Why am I? Because you broke the law, idiot. Because you're, you're, you're not a nice guy. You're a bad boy. <laughs> that's why you're here. The devil will lie to you. See, but like I said, one day Jesus comes and he sets us free. And that's why he tells to, Moses to tell the children of Israel, first you must consider what it really took to set you free. Unless we understand that, if we have been set free, we will lose focus of how bad it used to be. Did you hear what I said? (laughs) You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You have seen what it took to get you out of this world. You have seen what had to be broken off your life you have seen the the great grace and mercy and peace that I multiplied unto you to bring you out, to free you, to deliver you, to heal you, to minister unto you, to take your sorrow from you and give you joy, to take your fear from you and place the Holy Ghost confidence in you, to, to take away the torment of your mind and replace it with the peace that passes understanding. To heal your afflictions, to deliver you from your addictions, to break the power of lust in your life, or whatever it may be, you have seen what I did. Don't forget it. And then he goes on to say, and how I brought you, how I bore you on eagle's wings, verse 4, and brought you to myself. Oh, my gosh. Let's just dig there for a little bit. I'm not going to be long, but listen. He said, so look and remember and consider how I took you out. And then he said, and I bore you on eagle's wings. I ain't got time to get into it all tonight. You can study yourself. But what he was literally saying, the act of bringing you out was an act of love. I brought you to myself even when you didn't even know who I was. Great Apostle John would write, oh, what manner of love is this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and brought us to himself to bring us to the Father. I bore you on eagle's wings, and it also means in the original Hebrew that it took the very presence and glory of God to bring us out. Listen to this. The rabbis teach us that when the children of Israel were delivered by God, it was because after 430 years, they had reached the point where literally, <laughs> if He hadn't come at that moment, oh, I feel His presence, thank you, Lord. If he hadn't come at that moment, they would have been absolutely unredeemable, because they were so far deep into this world. Even though they were slaves, and we can see it later as they wander in the wilderness how idolatrous they were, but so far deep had they gone into those things that that the rabbis say that their minds were literally losing their grip on reality, that they were being given over to becoming like the pagan nations, like the Jebusites and the Hittites and the Hivites and all those ites, completely controlled, spirit, soul, and body. By demonic power. And he said it was before that, that, that place, that breaking place, where you no longer even have the possibility of being set free, because uh, that can happen. See, God will chase you and pursue you and and call unto you and offer his love to you time and time again. But if you refuse and continue to resist from your heart, the day will come and you may not even realize when it happens, when the convicting power of the Holy Spirit no longer has sway over you. Jesus said, today is the day of salvation. If you will hear his voice, he said, today is the day. This moment is the moment. You might not pass this way again. Those of you listening around the world, you might not have another chance. It could very well be that you accidentally tuned into this message because God is reaching for you. God wants to take your mess and turn it into something beautiful. Out of chaos comes order. Out of darkness comes light. Out of bondage comes freedom and liberty and purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it was an act of the glory of God, the grace of God, the love of God that saved you and me. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We weren't even looking for him, but he was looking for me. Hallelujah. When he was on the cross, oh, hallelujah, you and I, we were on his mind. Hallelujah. A look of love, it was on his face, the thorns on his head. The blood streamed down his scarlet robe and stained it crimson red. Though his eye was on the crowd that day, he looked ahead in time when he of love was on his face the thorns they were on his head his precious blood streamed down his scarlet robe and stained it crimson red and though his eyes When he? You've seen what I did to the Egyptians, the power of what Jesus did on Calvary. That's what Paul was talking about. He said, see, it was a mystery that God, the creator of heaven and earth, would break into the natural world and bring a people to himself, bring you to him. That's what he desired to do. He said, it took my glory. I revealed my love. I reached into your crazy old life, man, and brought you out. But I didn't just bring you out to bring you out. I brought you out to bring you to myself, my God. See, here's where those that are spiritual, they understand Those that can't hear, they kind of understand, but not really yet. Because what we're talking about is he who has always been giving you conscious life, saving your soul, and calling you to himself wondered why we wandered through this world and yet it would always seem like something was speaking to me. I didn't even know what it was. I just, I just knew and then it would go away. But there was always something. I mean, I'd be in the midst of a big party somewhere. I was a crazy kid, trust me. I'd be in a party somewhere. We'd be you know, doing bad things and all that kind of stuff. And everybody's just going down. But yet, inside myself, I couldn't really enter in. And I didn't know why. I didn't know why, but it was because from before the foundation of the world, before God set you into this earth, he already knew you. And the moment that he heard your cry, and my cry, as we emerged from our mama's womb, that cry, that cry went up into the atmosphere, past the clouds, beyond the stars, traversing every galaxy and every constellation and every faraway place in the universe, beyond the edge of all that is known, and entered into the very portals of heaven itself, down the streets of glory, into the courts of Almighty God, into the holy place, and up into the throne room where the heart of God is. And he said, she's been born, he's been born. Dispatch my angels, begin to arrange things in their life so that the day will come. I can call them can bring them to myself, because I'm doing something. It's a mystery, Paul said. But if we can see it, there's a fellowship there that only the saints of God know. I trust, trust Brother Thomas Sister Sheila. Our families have traveled millions of miles. We've been all over the world. But there's something about care okay, if you're in Africa, you come across some dude, all he can say is, Bully, Bully, Jesus. You know. I'd be going, Bully, Bully, Jesus, brother. We don't even know how to talk, but we, we have this fellowship between us. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we know something that they don't know. He says, let them know, don't forget what you came out of and know that it was my glory. I carried you out. The rabbis tell us that when Israel walked through the desert for 40 years, that his glory was so present on them, even in their rebellion. That his glory was so present on them that their clothes didn't get old, none of them were ever sick, and their feet never swelled up. That's what the Bible says. That the very steps they were taken were paved with the glory of God. And they didn't even know it. God's been protecting you and me all our life. And we didn't even know it. His glory, his presence covered them. He brought us forth on, his, on the backs of his eagle's wing. Yeah, I, I heard a story. I don't even know how accurate it is, but it sounds good for the message. All right? So listen, it says that eagles, I think I heard it right, eagles will kick their young out of the nest to try and get them to fly, but they can't yet fly. But they begin to fall and try. And and then at that moment before they crash, here comes their mama or their daddy, and they swoop down from above, and they catch them on the back of their wings. And they fly and bring them to safety. See, we were falling in this world. We were going nowhere and getting there fast, man. No hope. Almost unredeemable, some of us. Takes a lot for others, less for others. Took a lot for me. But it seems like, and that's what he was saying, just when you thought it was over, just when you thought, my God, I'm going down, he said, I came swooping down into your life and I caught you and carried you up to heights that you didn't even know existed. For a purpose. I'm bringing you to myself, and you're not like the rest of the world, he says. And he says, look, I own the whole planet. I own the whole earth. And yet so great is what Christ Jesus did for us on Calvary. He says, he says that if you will obey my voice, listen to my spirit, follow my covenant, take up your cross daily, then you will be a special treasure to me. Greater than the planet. I own the earth, but you're even greater than the earth. You're my children, and I'm your daddy. I'm your father. And there's a destiny awaiting you. You're going to be made into a kingdom. Priests. What does that mean? People filled... With the knowledge and the presence of God, where his word literally transcends your soul, your body, gets into the depth of your heart and begins to transform you. He says, when I get done with you, when people come across your path, my God, they won't even know what they're feeling. It's my glory. The Bible says when Jesus went up to heaven that, 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 that Peter and John would be on their way to the temple like this. And, and the glory that was, was flowing out. They weren't even aware of it. But the glory that was flowing all over them, out of their lives, the glory of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. says people began to lay sick folk in the street hoping their shadow would just pass by because people were getting healed. Glory of God. I want to make you a kingdom of priests. If you obey my voice, what does that mean? To hear intelligently my voice. What's his voice? His Holy Spirit. See, we get so wrapped up in nothing, and we're being called to a destiny that is far beyond what our carnal mind can understand. But you can understand it. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But, he says, God has revealed them unto us. How? By his voice, by his spirit. Deep calls unto deep. When you give yourself to God... When you put down this old body that, that feels tired, and uh, and, and, you, and you begin to bring it into submission to the will of God by the Holy Spirit, you put the word in your heart, your mind is transformed, and suddenly your spirit coalesces with the Holy Spirit, and, and out of you, he begins to call unto God, and, it, and it literally like a giant magnet begins to draw the Father and the Son into your very being, and we become one. Become a kingdom of priests. We discern everything, Paul said, but but no one discerns who we really are. You can walk into a situation and the mere presence of the one who lives on the inside of you can completely alter the atmosphere. Change it. Bring it into subjection. God, You want to see how Jesus did that? Remember when he came into Jerusalem and, man, they've been doing this for hundreds of years. They're buying, they're selling, they're doing all kinds of crazy things. He comes in there and he changes the atmosphere with a whip. Right? He threw over the tables, he, he whipped on them, kicked them out of his house. He said, my house shall be called a house. He changed the atmosphere. Walk into some of those places where your loved ones are drinking and doing stupid things, they shouldn't feel comfortable around you. You don't have to say anything. They get upset. They don't even know why they're upset. <laughs> oh, they just think they're all that. I didn't say anything. I hugged you. I said, How you doing? That's all I said was how you doing. Oh, you're judging me. I'm not- I don't even think about you. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, what's up with that? It's not you, brothers and sisters. It's he that's in you and making them feel uncomfortable. You know, they'd rather hang out over here in the dark. See, because when you come walking in like a thousand GE light bulbs, you light up the house, Hallelujah. And this I shouldn't say, it's like a bunch of roaches <laughs> scurrying about. Uh, suddenly everybody's got to go in all kinds of directions. Why? Because Jesus walked in, in your heart, in your life, and the spirit of God. You're a kingdom of priests. That's what he said. Filled with the secret knowledge of God. My God. My God. It is the very thing that illuminates your countenance. Moses came down from the mountain, and the Bible says he wasn't even aware, but the very flesh on his body had been transformed into an amazing, illuminated Shekinah glory of God, permeating every fiber of his being. He didn't even know it. See, the true presence of God produces humility. You won't even know it. Others will see it. But you're not aware of it, because it ain't about you. It's about him that lives on the inside of you. See, Jesus gave us a glimpse on the Mount of Transfiguration. The Bible says he took Peter, James, and John, and when the moment was right, he stood before them and allowed what was really on the inside of him to come out. And The Bible says, John says, his garments literally changed into a brilliant white, whiter than anything. Because of the glory of God coming out of him. A kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Praise God. Peculiar treasure. He says, I own the earth. And as magnificent as the earth is, he says, greater are you. See, you don't know it. But I have made you into my sons and my daughters. You are of the household of God because of what my son did for you. Raven Hill used to say about the Apostle Paul, they always tried to kill Paul. And they said, but really, they weren't trying to kill Paul. They didn't know it. They were trying to kill the Jesus that was in Paul. The devil ain't afraid of you and me. But he is afraid of the one that we know. changes us. He makes us. He calls us unto himself. He wants us to be a kingdom of priests. We are going to be a kingdom of priests unto God. Let me just stay there for just two more minutes. It means becoming a vessel completely overtaken by spiritual existence. The closer you get to him, The more you realize that this body we have, thank God for that, it ain't me. It's simply a vehicle by which I make my way through this time and space universe, this planet. I need a body to govern myself in it. But the real me is my spirit. And when his word begins to permeate in you, and his word is not a, a, a bunch of paragraphs and ink on a page. It's his word is a person. And when Jesus begins to make his home in you, I don't know how that happens. He just says that he does. He comes, but how does he do it? Well, his word, we put that word, and that word becomes more than just ink on a page. We begin to realize the word is Jesus. And when I put him inside of me, he comes to dwell in me. And suddenly my prayers change. Everything changes. My mind begins to change. I begin to be connected to the unseen. Things begin to happen. That's why Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And he doesn't mean first, and then you've got second, third, and fourth things you've got to handle. He means put it as the sole exclusive priority in what you pursue. You are of the kingdom of heaven. He says, you do that? All that stuff you worried about in this world, like food and clothes and how am I going to pay the rent and how am I going to out? He says, all that stuff. It's like God dispatches the angels. He, he's like up there and Jesus is up there going, look at him. Look at her. My God, they love us. They love us. And then he speaks to an angel and says, hey, hey, go, go fix that flat tire for him. Hey, you, uh, help him win the lottery. No, don't go buy a lottery ticket. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Provide for them. One day you'll wake up and go, my God, surely the Lord is good. You'll say things like, he prepares for me a table in the presence of mine enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup, it runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And yea, even if I walk through the shadow of death, it ain't no mind to me. I I, will not fear any evil. Why? For the Lord my God is with me. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. To behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. Kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Heaven is coming to us. God is coming to us. God is calling us. Paul said, This is the mystery. He is elevating us above everything that's ever been made. We are a unique creation, bought and paid for by the precious blood of the Lamb. Peter said, You're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. A holy nation. Close with this. Turn over to Malachi real quick. Malachi chapter three, last book of the old testament, just before Matthew. Get to Matthew, make a left. Amen. Glory to God. Talk about this all night. Just getting started. (laughs) Hallelujah. Malachi chapter 3. Are you there? Listen to this. Pages. Malachi chapter 3, beginning with the 16th verse. He says, then they that feared the Lord, if you really loved the Lord. And he's talking about then, right? He says then they. He's talking about a future generation. A generation in chapter 4, he says, that will witness the coming of the spirit of Elijah that will prepare the coming of the Lord. That generation, he says, then they, in that generation who feared the Lord, they speak often, one to another. I don't really want to talk to you about anything but the Lord. Seriously. I mean, I we'll have some chit-chat or whatever, but I mean, really? I don't even care about my old favorite team, the Raiders, anymore. I don't even know what they're doing. I don't care anymore. And I want to get so far out there that I don't even know there is a football team. Or the latest movie. Ah, see, see, see. (laughs) That's okay. I mean, We're all in different places. But you see, I've caught a glimpse of the one who saved my soul. And I'm fighting every day by the power of his spirit and the blood of the lamb to get up and and just get up and make the devil mad because I got up and went to my prayer closet hallelujah and said oh god i can't live in this wicked world without you i need you i no longer make a choice to do it i have to do it it's becoming me you're becoming me i'm finding myself losing myself in me and you and you and me and my god transformed by the power of almighty god Hearing a a voice that's calling me. It's calling you. It's calling us. He's coming and he's calling. Something marvelous is about to happen. Hallelujah. He says, they spoke often one to another and the Lord hears it. He hearkens and hears it. And it says a book of remembrance was written before him. For them that feared the Lord and that what? Thought upon his name. What is your mind consumed with? What do you allow to go through this, this clearing house? What do you download into your thoughts? Is it the word? Is it Jesus? Is it heaven? Is it consumed with Wanting to meet him. Because see, the Holy Spirit is, if you let him have his way, he's going to make you ready for the coming of of our Savior. He wants to transform you and me to the place that we are fit for the master's use. We are of his house. We're we're his sons, his daughters. We're a kingdom, a nation of kings and priests. We belong to the household of heaven. And that will never end. That thought upon his name. Listen to this, what he says. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, when in that day, when I make up my jewels. Sounds like a peculiar treasure, right? When I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serves him. And then he says this. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked between him that serves god and him that serves him not see the day's coming and it's just over the hill if you will the children of god they're about to be made known by the spirit and the presence of god we're going out here in a blaze of light remember elijah that chariot came down and took him up he said it's a chariot of fire hallelujah The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first, and we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them. In the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort ye one another with these words. Forsake ye not the assembling of yourselves together, especially as you see the day approaching, as is the custom of some who, who, who just think they can be here and maybe they're not here, and, and they've lost their joy, they've lost their fire, they've lost their relationship. It, it's the spirit of the age, but they that love the Lord thought often on his name. They that fear him, they, they, they begin to be transformed. Suddenly this world is getting less and less. We're bumping up. Up against that the spirit world, the spirit realm where our Father dwells. Sometimes we're out of it. We're in it. We're in it. We're out of it. He's he's ever present. He's coming to us that way. Hallelujah! I know I'm freaking some of you. That's all right. (laughs) Hallelujah! Can you say Amen? Would you stand to your feet? Amen. The fellowship of the mystery. Glory to God! Would you come and sing? Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. Praise God. Yes. And no one shall pluck them out of my hand. Glory to God. That's good, my brother. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you do Holy Spirit rain down? Hallelujah. Holy Spirit rain down on me. Hallelujah. every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not going to embarrass anyone here tonight, those of you listening by way of the internet. Have you ever made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? You felt the pull of the Spirit in your heart. Maybe you're listening out there around the world and you say, you know what? I've known him, but I forgot. I got so caught up in so many things, but you know what? I feel his presence tugging on my heart. Well, right now, right where you are, you can just ask him to come into your life. Change it. So you're going one way, just go the other way. It's not that hard. And ask his spirit and he will help you. He will lead you. He will guide you. You'd say tonight, Brother Marty, I need prayer. I don't know what it is. Maybe you don't know him. You want to know him. Maybe you just need healing. Maybe you're thinking of a loved one. I know anyone could raise their hand on that one, but but you, you need a blessing. You need a touch tonight. Just raise your hand so I can pray for you, would you? Wherever you are. Yeah, all over the building. That's cool. Amen. Well, as we sing this song, I want you to reach out to him. I want you to call out to him right where you are. I'm not going to make some big display or anything like that. That's not how the Lord uses me. But I do know that He can touch you right where you are. So before you go tonight, just ask Him, and He's there. He's here now. Holy Spirit, rain, worship Him. Hallelujah. Let Him sweep over your soul. Let Him touch you and make you whole. Let Him save you. Let Him cleanse you. Let Him reignite that fire in you. Hallelujah. Worship Him, church. Father, I pray for your people right now. I pray that your Holy Spirit, the precious blood of Jesus, you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, would sweep over their souls, cleanse them of their sins, heal their bodies, remove that which torments their mind, bring them into the freedom that they long to have. Satan, I rebuke thee in the name of Jesus. You have no authority to touch God's people. These are God's children, those listening fall. around the world, right where you Let are. Ask the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit to come and lead you to him. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will deliver you. He will show you, Jesus. He's coming. He's coming. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise Hallelujah. God. Let him touch you right now. Let him sweep over your soul. He loves you. He loves you. Oh. Spirit.